Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast and show. And it's not really about Baltimore. Today via Zoom, we have the trumpet player and composer Adam O'Farrell. Adam is the son of one of my favorite guests of the pod and show, Arturo O'Farrell, and the grandson of the Latin jazz legend Chico O'Farrell. His brother is also a star. His name is Zach O'Farrell, who also plays drums on the current recording of Visions of Your Others, which was released to the public on November 12, 2021. It's kind of like an EP. It's clocking in at 39 minutes with six tracks. Even though it was released later in the year, it caught the attention of the New York Times, ranking it number five in the best jazz recordings of 2021. In this interview, we're going to deep dive into the album, Visions of Your Other. We'll discuss Adam's cinematic viewpoint, and I suggest he be a character actor in TV and movies. Before we get into this interview, let's listen to a track from the album. It's called Blackening Skies. That's my dad. Uh-huh. He's playing some Elton John, I think. Probably, probably, probably. It's, it's his go-to song for when he's joking around with somebody. <laughs> I hope it's not. I hope it's not distracting. I'm just trying to figure out what it is now. I wonder if I can hear it. Yeah, you're not missing too much. He's just he's just going through an Elton John song. I love your dad. I've interviewed him twice already for the show. Nice. nice. Yeah, he's he's such a cool dude. <laughs> he is a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, I can say that. Are you? We were talking about cinema. Yeah. Are you in acting? Are you gonna be an actor and or model? <laughs> oh man, um, I thought about, you know, uh, my friend and I made some like little experimental. We just like kind of, I think two summers ago, just kind of took some videos, you know, like around where I used to live and in. in uh, Dittmas Flatbush area, and then also at, at uh, in Brighton Beach, you know, we kind of shot some videos, just me, like, you know, walking around, you know, kind of very, very, uh, you know, kind of moody, black and white, uh, but nothing, oh, that, you know, exactly. nothing too that's, concrete, you know. That's what I'm getting at. You're hooked on the black and white. Like, uh, your, your press stuff, your, your, your videos are recorded, like, in black and white, but what's good about it it changes your whole like you have like a a supporting actor look to you like, <laughs> you look a lot like older but you look like you could be like in uh, 50 million movies and then be like oh that's that guy <laughs> and i was like I, I, yeah. bet you, I said i bet you any money he's like he's you found that black and white works for you it gives you kind of a, a cool look but it <laughs> actually really works for you Oh, that's that's really interesting. I mean, you know, I think black and white's cool. What's really cool about black and white is that, you know, it it kind of, uh, I think it sort of makes it. I don't know. 
I think when things when you have color, you know, it's much more, much much easier to kind of like recognize this the the emotional uh, leaning of something. Whereas black and white, there's something a bit more objective to it. At least you know I'm not a film theorist or anything, but you know I, I just feel like what's interesting is that you have you know like Charlie Chaplin, and then you have Ingmar Bergman. Uh, yeah, uh, Amar Bergman, and they're both, you know, working in black and white. But and so it's easy to kind of look at like, oh, this is a black and white movie. I think the way they're using the contrast and shadow and how they're shooting, you know, obviously it's different eras too. But sure, they went to school for that. Shading is <clears throat> is a character in itself, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And black and white really kind of, uh, I think, amplifies sort of the uh, necessity to sort of be. Uh, discerning with how you light things um, where color you know color is great too because you can really rely on like you know what colors of, of a dress this character is wearing to kind of like influence the way you're supposed to feel about that character you're listening to something came from Baltimore I am your host Tom Gacker today we are chatting with Adam O'Farrell with the Super praised recording, Visions of Your Other. Something came from Baltimore's show on thebox.com. And you have to check out the show notes, Patreon, and the artist bio info. They're all in the show notes. Now let's get back into Okay, so you have this album. It's called uh, Vision of Your Other. It was uh, number five on the New York Times uh, best jazz albums of this mm-hmm. year. Did you read the review? Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> no, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> do you do you feel that it, the they gave you enough advice that you could maybe improve it and be number four or three? <laughs> um, you know, I hadn't I hadn't thought that far ahead yet. <laughs> you could do a, um, a Kanye where you know it was a, a work in progress. But how cool was that? Like this album came out. Uh, in November, early November, mm-hmm. and it, it was hot enough for them to put it on their top five. Yeah. It's really impressive. Thank you. No, I'm really grateful, um, you know, to uh, the musician, you know, to the band, you know, to the label and, and, you know, the people working behind the scenes to make, you know, to bring it, bring it wider attention. So, you know, it's good. Yeah. I mean, it must feel good downbeat has said really really nice things about you <laughs> yeah 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 is that is that add some pressure to you or uh yeah a little bit um if i'm gonna be honest i think uh you know i i, I think there are a lot of people who are you know the beneficiaries and, and receive a lot of attention and and um you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's tough, you know, cause you want to like feel like, you know, you want to like kind of shut off that part of your brain on some hand, on one hand, you know, of like, okay, it's just a review. It's just a list. You know, it's like, I, you know, I, I, uh, that's not why I'm doing it, you know? Um, but it's also like, it's, it does feel good, you know? And so it's like, okay. You know, it feels good to be recognized, and um, you know, I guess it's 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 a weird kind of pressure. It's it's less um, less a thing of like wanting to live up to it, and more just like 
wanting to kind of, uh, you know, keep pushing myself. But I think that, you know, that was kind of already there before, you know, this album got some of the attention that's received, you know. But I think our generation, I'm really proud to be part of the generation I'm proud of because it's, it's, I think we all just kind of like, we all just want to keep pushing, you know, for the most part, you know, and we don't, we don't really, um, we all want to keep it personal and, 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 uh, fresh, you know, and, and know that we're challenging ourselves and, and trusting our listeners to, you know, join us. And, And musically, nothing's off the table. You know, like all, all genre, yeah, every, all genres, you know, the ability, improvisation, everything is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I get into the album, are you a vegan? Is that what's going on? Is this what I'm hearing? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, I was a vegetarian for about five months. Um, Part of the year. thing. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, you know, it, what, it wasn't that hard. I mean, it, it was hard, but it wasn't it wasn't as hard as I expected it. What happened was that I was uh, I was on tour with Mary in Europe this past fall, and um, we were in a little town in in the Alps of Austria, like the Austrian Alps, and uh, we had lunch, and I had this bread dumpling thing they called Tyrolean dumplings. You know, it's a vegetarian thing on the menu for lunch, and then uh, we went to this place for dinner. And the only vegetarian option they had for dinner were these dumplings, and I was just like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm in a part of the world I don't really get to go to very often. I should just enjoy myself, you know. And so I got salmon, but then, you know, from that point on, uh, I was a mile away from the wagon, you know. Yeah. And and like <laughs> we got to we got to Barcelona, and all hell broke loose, you know. So. Um, but I'd like to, you know, give it another shot at some point. So the first song on the album is a meditation of uh, Richie Sakamoto's a chromatic fantasy fragment. But I could not find the pronunciation of this word online. I really like the prolonged synth note at the beginning. Yeah. It just runs for like a It feels like it's almost a minute. Yeah. And, and it's random. And then it goes in really low in the mix. There's another line that runs, runs through. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very tuned into that. Actually, that's not a uh, that's not a synth. Um, it's a it's two horns. So, so pretty much what so the guy who helped, who co-produced the album with me, uh, Curtis McDonald. He I was taking some lessons with him and just like you know kind of composition, you know production, different things. Um, and he introduced me to this. Uh, program called Paul Stretch and Paul Stretch is a time stretching software that a lot of film composers in the uh, 80s and 90s used I think Um, and maybe early 2000s as well Uh, and pretty much 
what I did was I took a 10 second little segment of uh, the band playing that you hear. Like uh-huh. on the track, I took 10 seconds of just uh, Xavier and I, the two horns, um, holding this note, and I just stretched that to like a minute. Um, so I put that at the beginning. Um, and there's also something that you hear Ryuichi Sakamoto, like that, 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 uh, time stretching, you know, idea is something you hear in a lot of, in some of his, I think that album and also like some of his other, um, more recent, like electronic work, you know. In this song, more than, uh, there's, there's such a conversation between the two horns. Like, I don't, I don't think the others have as much back and forth, back and forth conversation. It feels like conversation. Mm-hmm. Cool. The whole album feels to me like a conversation. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing. With, you know, I think that's something that I was definitely trying to channel uh, with the master. Um, and even going back to the first album, you know, I think the first album that we did was recorded not too long after I saw that movie, and and I think Zach even references it in the liner notes um, that he wrote for that album. And uh, that the conversational thing, but also conversation sort of interrupted by sort of a more lucid, looming tone, you know, like like there's conversation like Goodfellas. (laughs) This is conversation um, that's really kind of seen as an element that that grounds the whole picture, you know. Yeah, no, I do understand that. That makes a sense. Now, the black and sky—it's it's about climate change and the anxiety of climate change. Well, boy, if we couldn't get anxiety between—I said, who thought when you were a child that you'd be wearing a mask on, around Christmas time and That's it'd be like more the back, right? <laughs> and it would be—it'd be seventy-five degrees outside. Yeah, like, right. That's, that's not Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, and it's like everyone—it's we just this is the new world and if that's not anxiety i can't tell you what is i was just watching the news um speaking of pbs you know (laughs) i was just watching the news you know like local news and there was this story of uh a puppy getting rescued from from an avalanche um and when i saw the puppy i thought he was dead and i was like you know i could feel my 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 heart you know race um and I was just thinking, like, I wonder if that many people have that response to climate change, and and the fact that I, the fact that it's it's kind of seen as a more existential threat, I think, is a very apt way of putting it. You know, it's it, it is existential, but it's also existential because it's kind of lurking and lurking and lurking, and now it's becoming more a little bit more violently in front of our faces. You know, but but it, it's weird because it's like. It's something that is kind of happening. We, we now we're seeing it happen, really. You know. So the the black and sky to me, there's there's a there's a dialogue, there's a like a conversation, and and, and within that that piece, it's almost like two pieces. Then it gets into a whole different level. So you know, I'm gonna have to play a segment for our people. So can you explain kind of what it is? That maybe we'll we'll, we'll play a cut. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there is dialogue. I also kind of deliberately, there's a deliberate sort of machination to the piece. You know, I, I, I kind of was... You're building anxiety, too. I feel building, yeah, and, and, and I started writing the piece um, pretty much after kind of two incidents of sort of climate-induced anxiety. One was uh, I was playing a gig, um, I think Randall's Island, uh, which is like an island off off the city, pretty much, um, but still in the city, technically. And uh, it was this big festival, you know, this kind of, you know, sort of, you know, sort of bigger artist, you know. Um, and it was so, so hot that, like, barely anybody showed up, you know. And it was just really, like, really depressing, you know. Yeah. And, and like it was like oh my god that's possible that's possible for like even this festival even this artist um you know to play a gig with them that there could be a show that's so poorly attended because of the, the heat you know um and it was just this horrible heat wave and then it the cherry on top um was that it was complete a completely hellish journey back home um like we had to wait you know, I think almost an hour for a bus back to the city. And then when we got back to the city, the trains, like barely any of the trains were running. And the ones that were running had no air conditioning. And <laughs> so, like, I was just like, you know, walking past, and there's, the streets were crowded. It was like, it was, it was less off in Harlem. And Harlem was just crowded. And it just felt so manic, you know? And just like that this, the city was like falling apart under the weight of this mania, you know? Uh, like literally with the trains, you know, and, and uh, and a couple of days later I went out to LA to see some family and, um, for the first time ever, ever in my experiences going to LA, it was raining, uh, which I just like, I'd never, it was a summer monsoon, you know, and I just like, wow, what the hell is going on, <laughs> you know, between like these two things and, um, so I was kind of approaching the piece from from place of dread, you know, and kind of was kind of wanted to have this dreadful, almost pseudo baroque kind of melodic, you know, haunting sound, you know. And then the mechanical, you know, I've, I, it's a very mechanical piece, and I think, you know, that's just sort of to like really convey the sense that we're almost trapped in this situation and the powers that be are so huge, you know, and that it's like, what is it going to take? You know, my favorite song when this album is inner war. Oh, cool. Yeah. That, that's my win as a reflection of inner turmoil. <laughs> by, I, this by this point in the conversation, you know, there's a lot of inner turmoil. <laughs> Can you give a little one on inner war? Yeah. I wrote Inner War, started writing it um, when I was working on a farm in Maine uh, four summers ago, four and a half summers ago. And what happened was that uh, we took chickens uh, to, to be slaughtered. And it was a very conflicting moment um, just because I, I, I'd never... You know, kind of. I didn't see it happen, but we, but we, like, I helped the the farmer whose farm it was. I helped him load the chickens into the van, and like, you know, in the moment that they're being loaded into the van, you knew that they were 
you know, they they knew they knew that like it was their time. That was that, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was just conflicted because I mean, chicken is also one of my favorite foods, you know, and, and it was it was uh, yeah, I was just very very conflicted about that. I was also just conflicted because I you know I grew up a city kid and I was here on this farm and I was just so moved by being there and being in different surroundings and seeing the sky up so close, you know, and and breathing this kind of air and 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 still to I went back to the farm, you know, earlier this year and it's still, you know, to the day it's just like it's it's a very complicated thing for me, you know, because I love I'm a very proud New Yorker and I, and I love New York and, and, and I'm very grateful to have grown up here and, and I do feel a certain pride and just in the way I you know, walk here and, and know the streets, you know but uh, I think it's kind of you know, objectively kind of not you know, speaking of climate and environment, you know, I think it's objectively a, a worse way to live than, than, you know, living, living in a farm and, you know, and, and kind of having a more, taking a more humble, modest approach to life, you know, and, and relying on your resources that you cultivate for yourself. It's such a, it's such a powerful lesson to, to learn, you know. Um, so the piece I started writing it when I was there, I think, just kind of as a as a sort of di- uh, you know all these kind of thoughts, you know, conflicting thoughts swirling around, you know. Great, thank you for. I really appreciate you taking an interest in the album, and I'm, I'm really glad you like Good. it. Oh yeah, it. it's really cool that it's that it happened so fast. Like that, it's you know, like it's still a fresh album for you. You're still you know trying to play it, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's kind of cool that you could throw that tag along with it. Well, it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of nice to like put out an album because once once you put it out, it's out there, and like you know somebody might hear it the week it comes out or somebody might discover it like four years from now and and you know and i think either way it's like i don't know i think it's it's very easy to obsess over like the release period and like you know getting the buzz and all that and that's all you know all important stuff but like it's out there you know and people come around to it now that's great if they they come to it you know whenever you know that's great it's definitely confusing but I, i definitely try and remind myself you know like I'm, you know, very lucky to to have an album out there, you know, and to have like had the opportunity to 
to record it and to even think about recording it. You know, I think yeah. it's like, you know, such a gift to have like some drive, you know, to create is, is really, it's, it's, it's sustains us, you know? Definitely. And that sounds like your dad. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking when I was saying. I was like, "Oh wait, I'm I'm I'm, I'm tapping into that." <laughs> but hey, that's awesome. You are too. So thank you very much for the time. I hope you enjoyed our interview today on something came from Baltimore. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with five people who love music just as much as you do, because we want you all to be a part of that be more music scene. The show is over. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>